our latest series of the Reach Next Generation podcast. I am Grace Jeffries, and I'm thinking about my future. To help me with this, I'm speaking with successful women to get an understanding of the challenges they have faced throughout their careers, how they overcame them, and what tips they have regards of my age. Today, my guest is Vicky Price, who is an economist and business consultant. Vicky has worked in government and the private sector, and Vicky has also co-founded The Good Corporation, a company set up to promote corporate social responsibility. Thanks for joining me today, Vicky. Can we start by you telling us all how your career took you to the role you have today? Well, I have to admit that I had absolutely no idea that it was going to um, move in this direction, but I did know that I wanted to be independent from the very beginning, from when I was I was very young, uh, and I always thought that women needed to be uh, given the chance to do their own thing and that they had as many rights as, as the men, and yeah. one should grab them and move along in that way. Um, I grew up in Greece, which at the time I was growing up was pretty, um, shall we say, conservative, where women were meant to be subservience, I guess, although not in my family, um, and I decided to study abroad, in fact, and left Greece on my own at the age of 17 and came to uh, the UK, um, where I've lived ever since, although I go back and forwards a lot. So, so for me, it was really the decision to pursue my uh, own interest, if you like, and to not be held back by any notions that women are in any way inferior to to men or to boys at that time, of course. Um, and you know, it wasn't fantastically easy at the beginning, I have to say. In terms of what I wanted to do with my career, I mean, the truth is that uh, I was only good at just a few things. Um, I was good at sport. Um, I was good at languages. Uh, I read a lot. Um, but in terms of subjects that I was interested in. There was only one, and that was maths. I was rather good at maths. So I was puzzling what exactly I might want to do until someone um, got me to read an economics textbook or to start being interested in things to do with economics. And of course, maths is very much part of the way that economics is taught or was taught. Um, So the two seemed to work very well together. So there was, in in some ways... An easy decision for me, maybe more difficult for loads of other people, but my choices weren't that great because I really wasn't interested in loads of things that perhaps I could have done. Um, so it was easy. I decided economics and I pursued that and studied it at university. So um, do you, what can you do maybe tell me a little bit more about the certain jobs that you have working up to founding your company? Yes, um, I was very lucky that I was offered a job as soon as I graduated to work in a bank. I mean, I have to admit that it was a summer job originally. I was offered the job of sorting out their um, library. In those days, of course, you had a library, you had all these books. You didn't necessarily have a sort of internet where you could just have everything online. So I spent the summer doing that and I really found it quite fascinating. And as I was about to leave, because it was only a three-month contract... I was asked by the chief economist of the bank whether I wanted a job as an economist. And I thought, 
course. <laughs> um, I mean, you've got to say yes to these things. If these opportunities come, you just grab them. Even if you haven't got a real idea or a complete idea of what it involves, just accept it and do what you can in the environment you're in. And that's how I started. So I then moved to being chief economist of that bank um, and then moved on to work for, I mean, after, and I stayed there for 10 years, uh, and then moved on to be corporate economist for a, uh, an oil company and then joined a big accountancy firm uh, where I was the chief economist and after a few years became partner in that firm. And towards the end of my stay there, that's when I uh, founded, co-founded with some of my colleagues, Good Corporation, because we decided that if you look at strategic issues for the future and for the economy, um, corporate social responsibility was really important. The way you treat your, your employees, ensuring there is fairness, equality, and so on, and also that you care about the environment were all very important parts of what business strategy should be all about. So we set that up. It's still going. Uh, I'm on the board of that company, but I then had to uh, move away from it, if you like, for a few years because I then joined um, the government where I worked as uh, director general for one of the departments and chief economist and then became also joint head of the government economic service. Left that and went back to the private sector and now back again also working with that good corporation. There are all sorts of different ways in which you can structure your career in economics. I did a mix of private and public, as you rightly pointed out. Not everyone does that, but I think that it's hugely important to understand what goes on both sides, uh, because that's when you make the best decisions, if you like, but you can also give the best advice wherever you are. Yeah, it sounds like you had quite the variety of the career leading up to where you are now. Yes, and I think that's something that should be encouraged. People should be able to move. I think it's done a lot more now. It used to be the case that you joined a firm and stayed there until you retired. That's all changed. And we know that the young people now want to have interesting jobs and are quite prepared to move to something different uh, a lot more frequently than used to be the case. And frankly, the, the whole environment has changed. Firms started at some amazing pace, you know, new digital firms spring up or new ideas that may then disappear, something else takes their place, and one can use that experience and take it into what another job. But of course, we are in the middle of a crisis and uh, there are always considerations of, if you like, security and safety as against, you know, taking a chance. Um, but I think that people really, and the younger generation, cares about the conditions where they work, whether their company is um, really concerned about either the environment or about equality and how they treat their, their people is fundamental in making decisions of where you go. And of course, as you move up, actually from the very beginning, one should also espouse all those principles as well through one's career. Yeah. Um, so the world is changing so much and so quickly. What do you think work for women might look like in 10 years' time, or what do you maybe hope it might look like? I've written quite a lot about women. I have employed many women. I have at times been the first woman to be um, appointed in particular jobs, and I always thought that was uh, extraordinary because I know very well how good women can be if they apply themselves. They're all seriously ambitious. It's not that they don't want to achieve. It's just that there are all sorts of obstacles put in their way. And if you look across the world, 
what you find is that there are you know countries, but even you know in the developed world where particular jobs are not open to women, not as much as they are for, for men. There are issues of property rights for women, marriage, motherhood, all these uh, aspects which somehow or other tend to reduce the ability of women to contribute properly in the economy and therefore they become much less empowered because economic empowerment is, is an absolute must. What we're seeing is that things have improved, have improved very considerably. Admittedly, there are some countries across the world which have gone slightly backwards and also through COVID we went slightly backwards. Uh, because many women sort of gave up and and just went back to more traditional roles, so they're slowly coming back to to work again, which is good news. In fact, in some cases, even faster than the men, because obviously with this crisis we need people to be working. Uh, but what we find is that they're generally in positions which are not as senior as those for the men. We find that lots of women work part-time rather than full-time to accommodate children or other caring jobs that they've got and what you find with part-time work is that per hour it pays a lot less than if you work full-time per hour. I think the difference actually between men full-time and part-time work is about 34%. It's really big. It also means that women through their lives collect a lot less in terms of earnings and by the time they uh, get to pension age they end up with having only a fifth of pension wealth than the men in the UK and it's similar across. Uh, other countries in the West. So the, the hope is that things will improve and that women's pay gap and seniority gap uh, will be progressively reduced. But frankly, you asked me about 10 years. Uh, the World Economic Forum that looks at this thinks that we're not going to, in fact, achieve equality between men and women in all aspects, whether it's access to jobs, wealth, education, politics and economics for over 200 years. So we are still in a very slow trajectory, unfortunately. And it is really with women's efforts that this will change, but also with government intervention. Without government regulation and laws that have given rights to uh, girls and women, we probably would be a lot further behind still. Yeah. Um, so I know that you've worked with the government advising on the economic cases pro proposed new airports and runways in the southeast. How do you come to a decision about where a new airport should be and what's some of the process to that? That's a really good question because the way you should be making any decisions, which includes also what should we do on the equality front, for example, in an organisation, what should we do about airport expansion? Should we have HS2, for example, linking the south and the north in a faster way, which is a big train project which is going on right now, uh, you have to look at the costs and the benefits of this. And the interesting thing for all of us is that, uh, as it come, when it comes to women or to any other decision, is that there may be some costs in the short term, but you should also look at the long-term benefits and also make absolutely certain that you take into account all the externalities. In other words, whatever you do, um, what does it mean for the rest of the economy, for example, if you are demolishing houses to build something or even to extend a runway? What does it actually mean uh, for all the infrastructure around it? And is the cost perhaps commensurate to the benefit you get? So you have to prove that the benefit is going to be sufficiently large to allow for the cost that you have 
to go through to get to that point. On, on uh, airport extension, of course, you also have to look at what it means for the economy as a whole in relation to competitiveness. So if other countries which are also involved in um, either moving goods around or people around, what are they doing? Are they going to be the ones receiving a lot of um, visitors instead? There isn't enough space here for planes to even land, but also what it means for the environment, for noise. So you have to look at all those aspects. So you don't just look at very narrow economic aspects, which we can easily calculate, but you've got to look at the longer term impacts of noise pollution, for example, or um, also what it might mean for emissions and uh, climate change. So you've got to be able to put all those together and make a decision and then decide that perhaps some of those options are just non-viable at all or there may even be a fourth option or fifth option. So um, there is very often a compromise option you find. There's no perfection in those calculations because of course the world could change. You can make an assumption on the basis of what oil prices are now and you make some assumptions about the future and then something happens like the war in Ukraine and all those forecasts are thrown out of the window. So you also have to be flexible and able to adapt. And if it proves that something is wrong, even if you've started spending, then what we know in economics, something called sunken costs, you basically uh, accept that those sunk costs are there, they've been spent, but don't worry, you've got to change what you do because the overall cost might be so much greater as a result of changed circumstances and you might as well just do something different, even though you might have spent something to begin with um, in trying to get your initial project in place. So flexibility, learning from evidence, listening to people uh, and their experiences, listening to um, particularly academics at times who have done research on various areas, but also to businesses um, and understanding where people also come from what do they want to see from their government and what will make them uh, happy because well-being is now becoming a very important part of what we try and calculate as well. Um, just finally, a new question for all our guests this series is if you could describe yourself in three words, only three words, it's quite hard, um, what do you think they would be? Um, woman, okay. in my case. Uh, mother, grandmother, so that's a third word, uh, and independent economically, which for me is hugely important. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. I've really enjoyed chatting with you today, Vicky. Thank you again, and I'm sure everyone listening will now be thinking about some of the choices they're about to make in their own careers. Keep listening to the Reach Next Generation podcasts as I talk to many more brilliant women. More details about us and our next summit, which will be in Birmingham, is at www.reachnextgeneration.com. Thank you to our fantastic sponsors, Ideal Standard, Barclays, Levi Strauss, Aviva, Green King and Gerald Wen. And a special thank you to Chris Rayer of AES Seal for his generous support too.